should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. Be a book. She can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club Podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because you said our names three times in a row. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Benedict, 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 Benedict. Can't say it two more times now, or you'll disappear. Okay. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> What's the weirdest advertisement you've been fed recently? Oh, uh, I think it's all the Twitter ones, honestly. The Twitter uh, ones like, are getting super weird. They're getting yeah. really weird. There's it's, a lot of like, and it's like uh, you, you know, normally it's uh, normally ads are targeted to your browsing history, mm-hmm. right? Yep. This is not true for me at all. Now. <laughs> I think because because Twitter is now so desperate for advertisers oh, in a lot of ways. Anything. Yeah. Have um, you gotten so, like the ones for like you know bullshit workout plans that have like the different animals? I get the I get the intermittent fasting one. Ripped. Yeah, yeah, that one. So there's like the the shark. I also get all the like anime porn games for want of a better word. <laughs> okay, well, that's just based off your browsing history. Yeah, obviously. no, for sure. <laughs> no, and then this is why I introduced it with that. That it's not. That. Um, <laughs> And I get the, I get that, that I forget who it is, but it's whoever, uh, whatever his name was that ran against Lauren Boba. I get an ad from uh-huh. him all the time. Wait, that's like ran Adam Schiff says is currently running. I don't know. Again, is running is he doing against. It again. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, because now he's fundraising and he's he's running an ad that says Adam Schiff says Boba's toast if Adam can just get the money. <laughs> like different Adam. I think yeah, it's. Yeah. I forget his name. I forget I think, too. He wasn't the one that almost beat. Right? It wasn't Marjorie. Yeah, he did. Greens. He did. I thought it was Marjorie. No, no. The Greens challenger who almost. No, won. no. Boba almost lost. Oh, okay. He won by like a hundred votes. I forgot. Um, and then the other one is I get like everything. Every like the most common one I see is that Boba one, and the Cheech and Chong gummies one, <laughs> like. <laughs> Cheech and Chong gummy is now available and legal. Yeah, your and my algorithms <laughs> switched up. Yeah, there's something's <laughs> happened. We Freaky Friday. <laughs> this is what happens when you share Netflix logins. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. What's uh, what's your weirdest? Uh, one? for me, Benedict, I this is this is literally the reason this question is in here because this is one that has only occurred to me today. Um, and I've never seen it before, and this is bizarre. I have been getting ads for a Jews for Jesus church. Oh, um, fun. That calls itself Yahweh's Restoration Ministry. Okay. And, boy, why would that pop up in my ads? I could Presumably not tell you. Presumably because you searched for, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know, know why. There is this weird thing that's happened recently with, like, the right where several times, uh, like, high-profile right-wingers, like, I think the after the Pennsylvania, um, uh, uh, I forget the name of the, the uh, temple, but uh, the uh, temple shooting in Pennsylvania, um, there was, like, a Republican leader who came together and claimed he had a Jewish leader, but it was actually a Jew for Jesus. <laughs> but, like, that's happened several times. Cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> those awesome. are the only people who actually, like do anything with them like yeah, yeah fucking christians they're actually just christians that's all they are 
Yeah, uh, that's it. But they like to wear uh, uh, yarmulkes and stuff. Yarmulkes, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I sent you that video. I think we should do that as a Patreon Oh, episode. man. The, the listeners the, have no idea okay, what you're talking also, about. You have to explain, so, Okay, Benedict. so what I was... I, I, again, it needs context. Mm-hmm. It's like... I can't tell you how much this sounded like, like a porn title in my head. Because <laughs> it was like... Ben Shapiro destroys Barbie for th- for 43 minutes. And I was like, surely, surely that's not the title of the video. See, and I've been seeing video going around of Ben Shapiro burning uh, like Barbie and Ken on his, his charcoal barbecue or something. Bizarre. <laughs> so, look, uh, I'll just I'll just spoil it because my hot take this week is going to be I, I'm not really interested in the Barbie stuff. Like wow. my my partner saw it on Friday, and I'm just like, yeah, not my thing. Uh, I didn't know you were a misogynist and homophobe. Yes, absolutely. Of course I am, because I don't yep. like Barbie. Yes, me. Yep. Me, yep. the yep. member of the LGBTQ community <laughs> yep. on this podcast. Hey. <laughs> as far as I know, everyone in that movie is straight. Of course, I didn't see yeah, the I movie, and I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, uh, exactly. But uh, maybe that's why Ben's throwing a hissy fit. That they put a yeah. gay person in the Barbie movie. Oh, it's or a supposed trans to be person? woke. I think. I think it's oh, like the feminist agenda. I don't right. know if there's. It's woke. Yeah, it's woke. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, then Laura Luma is saying it was. It isn't woke, and it's actually a good conservative story. And that the people that are telling you that it's woke have lost their minds. So you know, um, I'm going to assume then that there is hardcore bareback gosling on. <laughs> Barbie action. <laughs> you can you can only hope so. Uh, we can only hope. Anyway, uh, or Gosling there is apparently that, that CGI that has is, come a long way. Who you know? That is that does exist in Oppenheimer. Apparently, there's a lot of sex in Oppenheimer. Not 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 Barbie. I remember hearing you that. Hope. Like, yes. are you shitting? It's ble- why why in yeah. this movie? Why but is also, that it's funny that they're like, go see it on the biggest screen you can. Yes. Why? So I can yes. see Killian Murphy's dick as big <laughs> as possible. Like, Oh, if he puts on the scarecrow mask while while they're doing that sex scene, <laughs> make it all yeah. worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am. I am going to go see Oppenheimer though. Yeah, um, I probably won't. Uh, neither of those movies really grab me. Not really my thing. But Benedict, uh, you probably know what it is that we do here on this program. Some folks, um, folks who have seen Barbie five times already, uh, <laughs> they might not know what it is that we do here, and then I would say this is the show where we go deep, deep, deep deep to plumb the depths of right-wing thought by reviewing a chapter from work of conservative literature and in between taking a look at other examples of the right doing their best to make america hate again starts up and do you have a hot take for us this week oh yeah uh you're not gonna lie here i think <laughs> do I i'm ever. glad that superhero movies are underperforming at the box office really yeah because i am deeply bored of that of studios just being like, yeah, we'll churn out another superhero movie. I'm so yeah. like, I, I know it's not your thing, but I'm so glad that Barbie and Oppenheimer are doing well because <laughs> like, I love the movies. Like, I love going to the mm-hmm. movies. It's a, it's I a love huge... movie theater popcorn. That's my big sure. Yeah. Um, but even like the the thing of going to the movies, watching a film, like I just I love that process, and I'm glad when things that aren't sequels or prequels or part of like all the same IP or whatever. I love it when that does well. And I love that that is happening alongside people being like, do we need another Marvel movie? Like, I think I look the best Marvel movies. I like, like I I love, I love black Panther. I love a a lot of the Avengers ones were great. I think, you know, some of the Batman ones I've really enjoyed. 
I think that there's just been such an oversaturation of those movies now that people are just like, eh, and that's you know, fine. I'm going to surprise you here. I don't disagree with you. Okay, good. I think right. that, that, that here's my, where I stand with where the superhero movies are right now. I have, lo- I've, I still watch every Marvel movie when they come out. Like, I'm not going to not see them. Mm-hmm. But there has been, the, the problem, as I see it, is you had such a massive crescendo with Endgame mm-hmm. when they ended all that off that where do you go from there? You just took yeah. the big galactic universal interdimensional threat and ended it. And you mm-hmm. had the g- great moments of catharsis for some of the biggest characters in the franchise. There's mm-hmm. plenty other stuff you can do. And I like that they're doing like these series series that's how i'm gonna say series, it on yeah. uh on disney plus and stuff i think mm-hmm. that may, pivot away from movies for a little bit do yeah. some stuff that's a bit more accessible to people that you know the the, the the disney plus series and all this stuff do some of that stuff give it give it some time give it a couple years and then come back to it and bring us something new once you've thought that they're they're not putting as much thought into them as they were at one point that's part of it because well, like, that, yeah, and I, I, I think it's fine when you have to see every movie to understand all the little references and mm-hmm. everything that's going on. As long as every movie you have to sit through in order to do that is good. Yes. And I think a lot of them recently haven't been good. And then as soon as you miss one or you miss two, yep. then the magic is kind of gone. There have been and you're some like, that I don't just need to no see. Good. Yeah. The Eternals movie, uh, just like, it was just like a, a big, uh, a meh. It was fine. It was meh. It wasn't that great. There was nothing really all that special about it. Uh, and I just, like, um, I, I watched it once. I haven't watched it multi- another time. That's just where it's, uh, eh, wasn't, wasn't all that great. Although, Kumail Nanjiani, holy fuck, he got ripped for that movie. He did, yeah. That was, that was something else. Uh, that man, boy. Anyways, Ben, <laughs> I already gave sure. my hot take that I don't yeah. really care about. Uh, you did, Barbie. yeah, yeah, that's why I didn't But, Benedict, what is on your bookshelf this week? Uh, on my bookshelf this week is a great question. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Uh, how many? Actually, I, how how long have we been doing this show? No, how no, many no, episodes have we done this for? Every time we do a book it. review. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> so I uh, I'm enjoying the there's a series on Apple TV uh, called Platonic, which uh, I recently I you watched. Were say so Silo. No, no, hit. although. I've heard that's good, but I know Platonic, it's uh, the new Seth Rogen thing. Mm. Um, and it's about a lawyer uh, who someone comes back into her, Seth Rogen comes back into her uh-huh. life. who used to be like a college friend, basically. Um, and then, you know, it's a comedy. It's fun. It's it's good. It's They're, everything Seth ha- Rogen's ever done. Yeah. Yeah. They have a platonic friendship. It's nice. It seems cool. Yeah. Whatever. All what this, about you? All this stuff's pretty much the same. I get it. Yeah. Uh, for me, Benedict, we have reversed the roles. You've been doing a lot of uh, non-book a recommendations TV, recently, yeah. and I'm doing a lot of books. I am recommending uh, Cory Doctorow's latest book, Choke Ooh, okay. Point Capitalism. Okay. Uh, I love Cory Doctorow. Uh, if uh, anybody's ever read any of his uh, uh, science fiction stuff, he's got some really great stuff out there. I think his last book that I read, his non his fiction was uh, Radicalized, which was a anthology mm-hmm. of a couple of short stories, uh, which was really good. Uh, but his new book, nonfiction, about uh, basically about how uh, tech companies are are fucking everybody over and then themselves. A um, lot of it, a lot of it coming into focus right now as certain platforms start to collapse and crumble before mm-hmm. our eyes. X, yep. it's gonna be X now. How fun is that? Mm-hmm. X, it's very dumb. I'm he's gonna, been saying he's gonna do that for ages. So 
Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna fail massively. Anyways, yep. but the book is great. You should check it out. Uh, obviously, not available through places like Amazon because Cory Doctorow has principles. Uh, but you can get it on like Bookshop.org. I think is where I got my copy. <laughs> Unlike us, thanks for listening on Spotify. <laughs> Look, uh, can, no comment. It's, it, it's fine to have principles if you can afford to. <laughs> That's a good point. If you can afford to have principles. Yeah. Anyways, Benedict, on to housekeeping this week. Remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. Follow us on the social medias at NYGBCPod and at NYGBCBen on Twitter. Uh, only one update this week, and that is that uh, I was confused last week on our episode about uh, Barack Obama and supposed improprieties and all the weird stuff that the media refused to cover about his marriage. And then I was reminded by uh, Molly Conger, uh, at Socialist Dog Mom. Make sure to follow. If you're listening to us, you probably already follow her. Uh, but she reminded me on Twitter that um, there was a whole made-up scandal by a guy who accused Obama of being his gay lover and also cool. murdering someone else who was his other gay lover. Awesome. Uh, and it was so ridiculous, nobody covered it because it was patently fucking absurd. Uh, the guy's name was Larry Sinclair. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time he was making uh, a lot of his claims about this, uh, he was wanted in Colorado for fraud uh, cool. and has a long rap sheet of fraud for like decades. This guy had done a bunch of fraud. And I think we talked about him on the show at some point. I can't remember when, but it just feels like something we had talked about. It definitely sounds like something we would <laughs> talk about. Yeah. <laughs> it was I couldn't believe that Tucker was mentioning was was referencing that because it was too ridiculous even for him to cover when he was on Fox. Like mm-hmm. it was that fucking stupid and obviously false that nobody paid attention to it. Uh, but I did want to clarify. I think that that's what Tucker was talking about last week. Uh, cool. But Benedict, we do have some inductees into the spooky world, new world order. Uh, we have two this week. And one of mm-hmm. them, uh, this is someone who, who last week, I believe, got uh, an inductee. An inductation? Induction. induction. Ah, wow. I think that's a word I've tripped over multiple times. I don't know why. I think why. so, yeah. That's uh, one I have problems with. But E underscore underdog, you are now part of our... New world spooky world order. Yeah. Whenever the clip decides to play on its own, you know? Yep. But this next one, this is on request of the aforementioned E underscore underdog. This is an induction for birthday Mm -hmm. boy Aaron DeLay, who I believe uh, birthday will be on the day that the episode releases. So birthday boy Aaron DeLay, you are now part of our New World Spooky World Order. And happy, we can't do the song, we'll get copyright struck. Yeah. (laughs) Happy birthday no. to you. That, that's so off key. Just do it in so Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Oh, yeah. Do, it, do it like Laszlo from what we do in the shadows. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyways, if you would like to join the Spooky World New World Order, bleh, you can tweet or post about the show on social media, recommend it to others, and send me a screenshot or tag us in it. Leave us a five-star review wherever you can and drop me a screenshot to let me know. Make a donation to a worthwhile charity, become a patron, or... Just get my attention with something good. And all that out of the way, Benedict, we have this week um, a special Steven Seagal clip. Um, Mm. I mentioned to you before, there was a clip of Steven Seagal pushing someone into a pond. Um, And as it turns out, the the person 
that he pushed into a pond um, is Jack Whitehall. That's who he pushed into a pond. Uh, the Jack Brit- Whitehall, the British... The British comedian, yeah. <laughs> That's who he pushed into a pond. It was during, during filming of Whitehall's Netflix series... Um, I think it was like something like traveling with my father or something. Travels like, with my travels father. Travels with my father. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm going to play you the clip and then I'm going to play you uh, Jack explaining what happened there. Okay. Hello, Mr. Seagal. Hi, I'm uh, Jack. I'm a big fan of yours. Nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you. I'm staying in the hotel as well. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, a huge fan of your work. I'm an actor myself. Really? Yeah. An action, action, action actor? Some action. Um, Martial arts? N- no, not really. More sort of. Um, <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> it's it's pretty funny if you know what Jack Whitehall looks like. That he's like, do you do martial martial arts? Yeah, he weighs five pounds soaking ja- wet. Yeah. Ja- yeah, exactly. Sitcoms and things like that. Awesome. But I, and this is my dad, Daddy. I'm doing a show with my father. Daddy. Daddy. Sorry. Do you still call him Daddy? Uh. I, I, yeah. Daddy, this is Steven Seagal. Oh, Mr. Seagal. Very, very nice to meet you, Sal. Yes, we're traveling around um, Southeast Asia for a very serious travelogue. Have you been to Cambodia? Yeah. What's it like as a place? Um, Cambodia, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful country, but at the same time, there's a lot of lawlessness. Okay, I feel like, and this is just, this is just an inkling, Jack asked Seagal that question because Cambodia is known as a country that's that's very widely visited by people who are there for illicit child sex trafficking. You think and so? And it's Steven Seagal. Oh, okay. Well, I maybe. think I have my to do with it. Um, and mafia and different things like that, so just be careful. Are there any martial arts moves that uh, you could you could teach me that? <laughs> would be useful for me to know if I got into any trouble. Is there anything, any martial arts that I could do? Can you run fast? Yeah, very quick. Let's, very let's, fast. let's just leave it at that then. May I ask <laughs> one more question as well? Yeah, sure. Um, I know that you're a Zen master. Uh-huh. What is the essence of Zen? And he throws him into a pond. And he throws him into a pond. That's got to be scripted. There's no way that's Well, yes, it is scripted a little bit. And here is Jack telling the story for you. The weirdest, well, the weirdest um, moment of the trip was probably this, this scene with Steven Seagal, which is, <laughs> happens in episode three. We're in Bangkok. I'm in the hotel. I walk down um, past the, the restaurant and I see Steven Seagal having breakfast. I was like, that's Casey Ryback. And I believe he's eating breakfast in our hotel. I've got to go over and say something. So I went over and I was like, oh, can I get a selfie? And his manager was English and he was like, oh, this is Jack Whitehall. He's a, a comedian in the UK, Stephen. And Stephen was like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm filming this travel log. He was like, would you like me to be in it? And I was like, uh, He's a busy yes. man. Stephen yes, I would. Yes, man. I would. <laughs> and he was like, okay, I've got an idea. This will be really funny. Uh, I'm going to walk out of the hotel and you come up to me and you ask me this question and then I'll they just ask me this. And he asked me this thing about like, I needed to ask him what the essence of Zen was. So I was like, okay. And I went and told the producers, like, can you just go outside and film? Because I think Steven Seagal is about to come and do a joke on camera. <laughs> so he walked out and I went, uh, hello, Steven Seagal, I'm a fan of yours. Um, uh, what is the essence of Zen? And he threw me in a fountain. <laughs> because the essence of Zen is to submerge yourself in it. Now, 
right. I have to give that's, Steven Seagal that's quite credit. A funny Steven for, Seagal yes, joke. For one good joke in his yeah, lifetime. That's the, one good joke in his <laughs> lifetime. That's, he did sound very Trumpian in that clip, I will say. <laughs> I just thought that was delightful. Um, it was delightful. I figured we that deserved... depressed me way less than the clips <laughs> normally do. So that's a good start. I figured we deserved a little bit of niceness yeah, to start off the episode. Yeah, a little levity. Yeah, it'd be good. For before we get into the heavy reading of this book. <laughs> so heavy, Benedict. It's so heavy. Uh, and yes, of course, that does bring us back to our review of the way of the shadow wolves, the deep state, and the hijacking of America. <laughs> I'm trying to do my best uh, guy who does the movie intro uh, yeah. voice on that because I feel like that's how they imagined it read every time they said it when they were Is doing it because you're practicing scabbing for that guy? <laughs> <while he's> on... <laughs> Kevin wouldn't scab. It was a joke. Nope. And also, I think the Voice Actors Guild is not on strike. I think that's a separate guild. Uh, maybe, I'm not yeah, 100% sure. Right. I don't yeah, know. You might be right. I don't know. Anyways, Ben, we are picking back up with Chapter 17, where you finally learn what the girls' night out means, or do you? <laughs> I guess. You were I fascinated mean, last time. I was fascinated, yeah. Yeah, when we read through the chapters, I was, I was fascinated by what girls' night out. Between, again, I will remind people, this is between the chapters... The coffee pot <laughs> and jihad in the desert. Jihad in the desert might be my favorite chapter title so far. Other than okay, we get another one coming up uh, for next time around that you see when we get to the last uh, page of what we're doing for this week. That's that's a pretty good chapter title. That's a pretty. We'll talk about you know, it when we get to the end. We'll talk about bury it. the lead. Jihad that's... in the desert's pretty great. It's pretty great. Um, Jihad of the Desert is pretty on the nose, yeah. <laughs> but I do have an alternate chapter title for us. Oh, okay. Week, I never 17. do these for this because they're too... Yeah, I know, because we go through a bunch of chapters every uh, episode. But I did. Uh, I just had a couple that came to me, like a, okay. like a bird on the wind. Like uh, a ghost a, in the night. Like a... <laughs> like a... Like a coyote in the desert. <laughs> like a cigarro cactus. Standing in the desert, still for all to see. Like a... Like a prancing ocelot. <laughs> Uh, my alternate chapter title this time, though, Benedict, Metal Gear Seagal. Oh, um, yeah, nice. Because, boy, we learn in this that he, he doesn't have a cardboard box, but he knows how to throw a rock to distract sure the guy. Does. Yeah. Sure does. Sure does. <laughs> Only piece of action we get in this one. <laughs> um, it begins, ahem. Noche was sitting at his desk in the task force squad room, watching John, who was intensely focused on a phone conversation he was immersed in. He looked stressed as he spoke into the phone. After the conversation ended, he said, Hey, what do you say we grab us a couple of cold ones over at the flats, Big John? That's not how you... So you you're putting in all these adjectives uh, about he looks so disturbed by this phone call. Hey, big boy, want to get some beers? Let's get wasted, buddy. Let's go hit the bars. Let's yeah. go do that. And John agrees. They're John's going to the immediately. bar. And then it's like, been a long day, my brother. <laughs> so they go to a... Okay, he said bar, or he maybe I just put bar in there. I don't actually see the word, but apparently they're going to a place called the Tortilla Flats Cafe. It's a cafe. It's a cafe. A cafeteria. That uh... <laughs> your finest beers, please, <laughs> in the cafeteria. Do you have a Stella Artois here at the Artois. Tortilla Flats? Stella Artois. <laughs> Stella Artois. That's the way he would pronounce it. That's how John would pronounce it. Absolutely. So, uh, Noche is picking John's mind, right? They're sitting here at the bar having their drinks. He says, uh, what you got on your mind, Johnny boy? Um, and John says, 
trying to find a way to let you know just what it is without violating my protocol and compromising yours. So here's the thing with this, right? Like basically they have a two page conversation mm-hmm. about John's like, ah, there's something big going on, but I can't tell you what it is. And then, and then he's like, says, I stole the tooth from a dead body. Well, he does say that, <laughs> but Noche's like, why can't you tell me what it is? And he's like, ah, cause it might get every, it might get you killed. And then he's like, oh, why do you think that? And then he says, well, because they want to kill me and everyone around me. Like, Noche's already associated yeah. with him. Just tell him the fucking big conspiracy. You're not Like, you're not him. gaining. Yeah, exactly. He's already on the list. Hey, if you like, think that it's the knowledge. Look, here's the thing. There's like all the conspiracy theorists going back to, you know, uh, all the way back. All the way back. Well, maybe in, like, the contemporary line, right? Your uh, um, uh, Alex Joneses and your... Um, why am I blanking on the guy who wrote uh, Behold a Pale Horse? Why am I forgetting his name? Oh, Anyways, I always forget his name. Uh, it's, it's the thing with me is like I, I can't hold on to names unless I've seen them within the last month. Uh, mm. But anyways, like they would always say that they can't get me because I'm just releasing this information. It's all, I'm only in danger if I have the information and I don't release it. As soon as I release yeah. it, there's nothing they could do to me. Because then they'd know it would look like it was all, you know, they'd be verifying the information because they killed me for releasing it. Like, it's that kind of thing. It's just conspiracy mindset is what that Mm -hmm. basically is, right? But, so, yeah, it's just this weird conversation. John admits he stole a tooth from a dead body. He even says, I withheld from declaring it as evidence. So he's committed a crime. He's committed a crime there. You can't do that. You you just can't hide evidence. That's not a thing you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he he just stays totally vague. He won't tell Noche what's going on, or at least nothing useful. Just basically like, be scared, man. Be really scared. But they get to the bar. They go in. They sit down. They just get their beers. And then sexiest woman on the planet walks ever. up. Ever. Yes. You've ever met. Just... The- and who's she going for? Straight for John. Straight yep. for John. Because everyone's into that that big nantan. That's what they're all into. They're into our boy Goad. Uh, and her name apparently is Sheila, she tells them. You know, the normal name. <laughs> Australian phrase for woman? Yeah. What's uh, your name, <laughs> Sheila? I don't think I'd ever heard you do an Australian <laughs> accent before. It wasn't my best. <laughs> so. I, I'm, uh, I've decided I'm doing accents today, apparently. I need to, I need to hold off when we get to It is the anniversary of Michael yeah. Brooks passing. I know that how you is. get during this time of year. Uh, pour one out for the boy. But anyways, uh, she, she she tries to hit on John, obviously. Noche thinks that she's going for him because, you know, all men think that women are constantly wanting to talk to them. That's the only possibility there could be. But She's very clear that she's not. No, she is very clear. She actually says, not asking you, I'm asking him. Yeah. And moves on to John. And, um, boy, we get a weird description of shirts leaning on bodies and things. I don't... I I get what the author is going for, but he's such a poor writer. Also, the amount of times he calls John the big lawman, <laughs> which, unfortunately, in my head, just I read it as... And I can't help it, as the big lawman. So, just I'm just seeing him as, like, a, like a giant bill of rights. Just... Walking around. But so John shuts her down because, you know, he's got his, he's got. He uh, knows what's going on. He knows she's a plant. He oh, knows absolutely. nobody's attracted to him in real life. <laughs> no, he looks like a cactus. We've already established. <laughs> <laughs> Even if he is fast, he's an ocelot. But yeah. she offers to buy him a drink. 
and uh, he's very. Uh, Which he says, I'm sexist, so I won't allow that. Yeah, no, that's he not says what that. He says, and he also has this weird. Okay, I'm just going to read you the line. I'd like to buy you a drink. I want to see how long it takes for that drink to go from your lips to your brain. She <laughs> chuckled suggestively. To my brain, not my stomach first. <laughs> and then she says, to your blood, actually. Like, oh, okay. Like, oh, yeah, now we're going to give a biology <laughs> yeah, lecture on yeah. how alcohol affects the body. <laughs> yeah. Yep. My this I think the fa- my favorite line in this whole section uh-huh. was when she's talking about regrets. Uh-huh. And he basically he declines the drink and she goes to walk away. Um and she basically is like, you know, you might regret this tall man because he's a tall. Yeah. Um, and he says, sole characteristic of John that matters in this t- book tall. is that he's tall. Yeah, and like a cigar and can control. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that hasn't come up again. Since. I want it to come up again <laughs> so badly. Um, so he says, she says. Nobody on their deathbed ever regrets what they did in life. They gr- they regret what they didn't do. Boy. And you, she said emphatically, will regret not doing me. <laughs> you know, some people, I think, do regret things they what did during lie. their life on their deathbed. That's I think true. There's, there's a That's couple true. people out there who do. There really are. Oh, if only I hadn't done that hit and run. Oh, I would regret, man. you know. If only I hadn't joined the, the SS, you know. <laughs> Yeah, said a guy in Nuremberg. Uh, but anyway, or wait, where were they? Where were they hanged? Where were they hanged at? Nure, uh, Nuremberg was the trial. Yeah, where, where, where they? No, yeah who knows? Nuremberg. Anyways, uh, don't need to ruin the joke by stomping on it. <clears throat> no. But yeah, so that was very weird. But the fun. Okay, you loved that line. I loved the line immediately after it, mm. where quote Noche said loud enough for her to hear. So what about giving me a try, gorgeous? And her response: You're not tall enough. Sure. <laughs> Cool. I gotta say, as an average height king, I have felt that in my core. <laughs> yeah, you're tall enough. I am you? five foot ten. I am. Yeah, I am okay. average to a okay. T. Yeah, um, I, I tell remember you that's I the first said. thing you said to me when we met in person. <laughs> you, you, you were you, I, was, I, I didn't was think you were taller than me. I don't have tall years, energy. Yeah. <laughs> we spent like years doing this show remotely over Zoom, yeah, and I had true. never met you in person. And then we met in yeah. person. And you're like. Well, you're like an inch and a half, two inches taller than me. Yeah, I'm pushing six foot. I'm not quite there. <laughs> pushing. I, I, I give six foot a kiss on the way up. <laughs> not quite there, but I'm, I'm close. Yeah. So after this, uh, Noche is perplexed, to say the least. Um, but mentions he has Viagra because he thinks that's John's issue. <laughs> He's like, he thinks John what is it? can't you get Viagra. Up. Okay, no, we gotta read the line. We gotta. John is, John is so tall that his dick is too large oh, yeah, to sustain yeah. an erection. The blood That's the, flow. <laughs> there's not enough to get around the whole the blood. body. <laughs> he loses consciousness whenever he gets hard because there's just too much blood. <laughs> oh, that would explain a lot of this book. Oh God! But the full quote: John Code. What is this? <laughs> Noche sat with his hands out in front of him, palms up, questioning. What, the best-looking woman I have ever seen around here tries to flat-out pick your okay, ass up. Hold on. Yes, that's true. John has a girlfriend that everybody knows everybody about. Knows. Everybody knows. Okay, everybody. Yes, Noche on. is encouraging him to cheat on a Eli- yep. Eli- I forget. Uh, Elisha? Alicia. 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 I knew it started Or Alicia. Right. I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah, that. whatever it is. Uh, we know she's not a real character. She's, uh, she's going to get fridged. She comes point. back in later. She does. She does. Uh, but we know the author didn't care about her as a character based on that's her entire true. characterization. That's true. But he continues. Uh, flat out, pick your ass up. And you friggin' turn her down, dot, 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 
cold? What is it? You need Viagra? I have Viagra right here in my wallet. Not that I need it. Yeah, because people tend to carry around Viagra, Viagra when they don't need it. It's famously like a yeah. thing to keep in. I've got my condom here and I've got my Viagra. Look, I've I, never condom, used. I, I got a, a spare subway uh, pass just in case I forget my regular one at home. Uh, oh, yeah, and that Viagra because I can absolutely get hard. So I don't need it. I just keep it around. I just keep it around. <laughs> it's actually out of date because I've never had to use it. So uh, it probably might not work. But Viagra expire? I don't know. I presume works. most medicine does. Does it? Huh. Better yeah. check that tile of that extra large Costco sized bottle of Tylenol I've had around for five years. Yeah, I would check that. I mean I don't think it I don't think it's bad for you. I just think well, don't take advice yeah, from me. My, Never mind. Uh, I'm probably murdering my kidneys. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, uh, John knows. John knows something is up here. He well, know then exactly he's up. he's just like maybe Alicia sent her to see if I'd fuck he around. Did. He even <laughs> says that. He even says that. It's so weird. Uh, but then Noche asks a relevant question. If she was a prostitute, why didn't she just take me? And because John he, he's says, not tall enough. She was right. Yeah, You're not enough. tall enough. I just love that so much. So they, after this one beer and encountering this woman, has to be a span of like five minutes, they decide to leave. They, yep. they drove all the way to this bar. They have one beer, and now they're leaving. And, of course, as you do, as soon as they get to their car, gunshots uh which just is a regular recurring thing for john in his life yep. as we know at this point uh and the you know windows flying out blah 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 and john shoots randomly out into the parking lot uh and of course uh immediately manages to hit uh the the assailant uh, of course who is described as a gorgeous woman when they everyone's finally gorgeous spot. yeah this world has nothing but gorgeous people i'm sure too no only gorgeous hunk. women oh okay. uh, only gorgeous it's not women. like Although- those uh TikTok AI created uh, Harry Potter li- uh, lifting uh, videos. Yeah, you have no, any idea that. what I'm talking about? No, I have no idea. Uh, where they have Swoldemort. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like the Balenciaga ads when people do them with all the different weird shit. <laughs> that's too much for me. But so he's got the first shooter, right? But there's a second one out there. And that's where, quote, he threw a stone at the tire of a car parked next to the shooter who immediately raised up and fired a spray at the sound. That's where we get, this is just Metal Gear. This is absolutely Metal Gear. I know how to deal with guards in Metal Gear. Throw a rock if you don't have a box behind under. That's what's going on here. just hide behind until they leave you. (laughs) Hide behind something and they'll forget you exist. Absolutely. So he's now going, he finds the assailant, blah, blah, blah. There's a fight scene that's not good enough for me to even bother reading. It's really just like a list of things. It's like several furiously thrown crescent kicks, followed by a series of straight kicks and blah, blah, It feels blah. like crescent kicks would be hard to throw all in a row. Like, it, that seems like, I don't really know what a crescent kick is, to I be don't honest, either. but it seems like it would be hard. Here's another thing. I imagine that it is somehow in the shape of a crescent. And that would make sense. This yeah. is taking place in a parking lot between parked cars. Yep. So I imagine also difficult to have the type of space you need to throw any sort of move that takes significant uh, uh, movement to get around. But uh, he manages to just not be there like we've had described before whenever these blows are supposed to arrive. He's just 
Yeah, he's not just there. like disappeared. He's just like, whoa, not here. But it also like it's like several in a row that he just wasn't there for. So yeah. I'm just I'm imagining he's just moved aside and this person is like, you know, like <laughs> like in Tekken. The same place. Yeah. <laughs> in Tekken where you just keep moving forward. Like it's completely 2D and he's just like yeah. jumped over. Yeah. Someone and this just other person is just kicking in the same a. direction. Keeps hitting A even though the other person is <laughs> on the other side of the screen. Yeah, I got it. Uh, but yeah, he jumps out of the way. He hits the attacker, pulls off the ski mask, and, and it's, it's that Sheila. Bitch. Yeah, Sheila. who could have guessed? That, it's that Sheila. And okay, it's Sheila. He knocks her out, or I don't know if knocks her out, but hits her, pulls off the ski mask, and then immediately shoots her in the head. Yeah. After she tries to attack him, it's just boom. Pull the mask off. Oh, Sheila! Bam! Two right in the face. Uh, really strange, really strange ending to a chapter. It is weird. Yep. Yeah. That brings us to chapter 18, titled, as we said, Jihad in the Desert, mm-hmm. uh, which my alternate chapter title is, eh, they all look alike, don't they? Uh, which is basically the gist, I think, of what we're getting here. If, if, yep. we haven't gotten to the point where we'll get verification of what I think is happening here, but I'm pretty sure it's what's happening here. I don't know, but I'm pretty yeah. sure. I don't know. Let's so, see. So the chapter begins. It was mid-afternoon the next day when John's cell phone rang, and what he heard got his blood racing. Alicia said she had just received a call from one of her informant watchers, which is in scare quotes for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Near Nogales on the immediate north side of the border, saying that a small group of vehicles, SUVs and Hummers, had crossed into U.S. territory and were moving north in the desert at a pretty good speed for off-road travel. Get a team together, load up heavy, and meet me on the dirt road right off of Riggs, and get there quick. Don't bring anyone who isn't Wolf. Isn't Wolf, that he's got to the point where he's dropped articles. Just... <laughs> you gotta do it, sometimes. <laughs> no, a, not a Wolf, who isn't Wolf. So, literal no. wolves. Keep this under the bring radar wolves. with wolves. <laughs> Keep this under the radar with everyone else. I'll be there in 15 minutes waiting for you. And John is paranoid, right? Because he's already had uh, right his conversation with Armando get picked up before. And we find out here that he is worried there may be a grabber on his phone. That's directly from the text. A grabber. Yeah. A gra- This is an old man writing technology words, Benedict. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does, is my phone have apps? Can my <laughs> phone have apps? Is there a grabber app on my phone? <laughs> <laughs> that's what this is a grabber on his phone that was the i just i couldn't not notice that when i was reading through this part of the chapter so he goes out to meet them at this spot where they're going out in the desert and by the way remember this is the day after he has killed two people the day after he has shot two people in a parking lot and he's still going out to do his no suspension no nothing just nope Hey, John, uh, let's go out in the desert and try and ambush some people. Let's do that. Yeah, that's how things work. So they get out there. They park. They're, like, waiting in the desert for these people. They're doing all this sort of, you know, special op stuff. They got the walkie-talkies, and they're like, ah, we clicked them so they wouldn't hear us and anything, and we're just blah, blah, blah. Who gives a shit? But they spot these two or three vehicles, I think. Mm-hmm. And they say that it's two SUVs and one Hummer that was an Iraq uh, war sur- surplus vehicle. Oh, wait, this is actually the stuff they took with us. I forgot. I was reading the wrong part. So this is the stuff they take with them. Yeah. Two SUVs and one Hummer that was an Iraq mm-hmm. war surplus vehicle, which they had received along <laughs> that with... That they ordered out of a catalog. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> it's army surplus. Like, why are we They got it right before Hummer. Sears went out of business. And, you know, after that, you just couldn't get them anymore. 
uh, which they had received along with high-tech vision equipment and 20 assorted rifles and automatics that gave them the punch of an army special forces unit. There are six of them. They have 20 assorted rifles and automatics. Why? There are six Just in of case. you. <laughs> Makes no sense whatsoever. But they drive out, and John, he takes a sniper rifle. Yep. That's what he's got, sitting out there with a sniper Because you know how rifle. sniper rifles are famously one-person operations that don't require someone else sitting next to you well, doing not complex if you're, calculations. Well, not if you're John Goad. That's right. true, yeah. He can just do, his granddad's just sat next to him doing the calculations. Well, the, the, the snakes tell him whether he uh, no, hit his yeah, target or not. A little there's a, there's a chain of snakes going all the way to the target. <laughs> They just whisper back to John about how close he was. That's what happens. Uh, So they spot these uh, suspicious vehicles. Remember, Mm -hmm. at this point, all they know is Alicia had a guy who saw some vehicles in the desert. That's what they know at this point. Um, And so they go and they spot these vehicles. And there is a guy who they'll keep referring to as Heavyset. I think that's the only descriptor. We, We might get a name or maybe it's just a fake name. I'm not sure. But there's this one heavyset guy who's, like, telling people what to do. And then they all start driving quickly towards where John and and all the shadow wolves are set up with their guns. And, of course, they start firing at them before they even get there because these people apparently can't hide themselves. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to be the ultimate trackers and Coming across the border. Yeah, yeah, they're getting (laughs) shot at from from 50 yards out when uh, these cars just drive up to them. And that leads to yet another gunfight. Somebody comes out of one of the Hummers with a 50 caliber machine gun and starts firing at them. It's ludicrous. It's ridiculous. It is That's, a it, child writing an action scene after yep. having seen true li- five minutes of True Lies before their parents told them they weren't allowed to watch this. It was for adults. Because I think there's some Jamie Lee Curtis nudity in that movie. Isn't there? Probably. In true Lies? I not say that. I, I know there know. was in uh, 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 Trading Places. I think there might have been in True Lies too. Anyways, uh, it's very bad. It's a very poorly written action scene. The only good thing we get from it is the heavyset man, who apparently at one point, immediately before he gets shot in the head, yells out, Let's rip open these sons of Satan and leave them like piles of coyote shit in the desert. A common idiot. <laughs> Sounds much better than the original Arabic, I'm sure. Wallahi, (laughs) wallahi. And then, of course, they kill the the main guy, the heavyset man, and immediately the other guys just surrender, like you do when you're in a gunfight. Sure, Sure, fine. And now they've got another round of, of captives. Who they are they going keep to kidnap? These fucking captives. They're going to uh, kidnap again. Yep, again. Yeah, <laughs> captives or victims. Like, like, look, uh, criminals. Yes, they they are indeed. They started shooting at people in the desert. You yeah, can't you do can't that. do that. Um, yeah, but illegal. also, once again, they're going to take these people and just take them out of a jail and take them where they want to, which you can't do. You just yeah. can't. And also, do. they think it's a huge like it, for some reason the captives think it's a huge gotcha that none of them speak English. Yeah. And then they're like, "Well, Noche speaks Spanish, so what have you got now?" And they're like, "Ah, yeah. oh, fuck, they got us." Oh <laughs> fuck, man! You're telling me the cops in Arizona speak Spanish? Shit! Who could have imagined? And they're all talking in English to say this anyway. <laughs> like it's, it's really very silly. Yes. yes. Okay, but honestly. 
the answer, one of them, uh, I don't think we get names for any of these guys, do we? I don't think we do. Uh, but the, the, the main one who we are acquainted with uh, is asked, <clears throat> okay, first question, what brings you to my country this fine day? Great, great question, right? Qu- answer, quote, we're just here looking for pussy. <laughs> you, you know, look, <laughs> I heard Nacho's got some Viagra. Let's fucking go. Let's... So there's this uh, Tortilla Flats Cafe. You go around there, they just throw <laughs> themselves at you. fantastic looking woman <laughs> called Sheila. Just... Oh, wait, her head is in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's the kind of dialogue. I mean, that's the kind of dialogue we've got in this entire book. It just and then, doesn't to be fair, better. John says, so why did you shoot at us? <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't square with them only being I, there I do for that. like to imagine that John is the most gullible man on the yeah, planet. Like, oh, and he's believing- that makes sense. <laughs> oh, you were? Oh, man. Well, you know, like My uh, prostitution's not legal here in Arizona, but if you go over to Nevada right next door, mm-hmm. you know, you can go, oh, wait, shit. Yeah, he catches it like halfway through and realizes they're lying to him. But so, yeah, they're all, like you said earlier, there's this whole thing about all of them claiming they don't speak any Spanish. And then <laughs> another guy chimes up and says, I speak English. Ask me some questions. Yeah. He's literally like, <laughs> like almost, hey, papi, vamos. almost like raising the hand in class. Yeah, like, like, I buy, I got something to say. Yeah. Jimmy's a slow reader. Let me answer. The pick, yeah. the old, the pick, <laughs> the drug cartel version of a pick me. Uh, yep. <laughs> Jesus. There's also a back and forth in here. Uh, that is, that is, well, it's bad. It's all bad. Uh, where this guy, you know, um, how do I describe this? Doesn't understand American cops. Um, he says, he says, American cops don't kill people for nothing. Yes. That's what he says. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's what he says. Yeah. Uh, and that, uh, boy, is that incorrect. Boy, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, so there's, look, there's nothing much left in this chapter to really care about. There's nothing really that's important oh, in the I, story. Except I, for, I, I have things. I, I know. I know. We're getting okay. to it on okay. the next page, right? Okay. Uh, I think that's what you're going for. But the, uh, yeah, okay. I think John so. says a phrase in Arabic. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking die. Or he die. thinks it's in Arabic. Okay. I don't know. I could not I, tell you. I, I can. Okay. And I, will. I figured yeah. you would tell us. I figured <laughs> you would tell us. Okay. And the quote from the book is quote: He started walking toward his vehicle and suddenly whipped around and pointed at his prisoner, saying, "Suhi Bakara," a quote attributed to Muhammad, meaning "War is deceit." Now, Bennett, do you want to tell us everything that's wrong with that? Which, yeah, it's going to take me a second. Would also, you be was there a point? Oh, it's in the next chapter. We'll get yeah. to it in the next chapter. He says Allah Akbar. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so you've only watched Fox News. Uh, yeah, yeah, you don't, okay, you know. cool. Um, so basically, this is John being like, I'm on your side, but mm-hmm. subtly. He's trying to subtly signal that he's on the side of the uh, the jihadists. And right? how much better could this book have gotten if John actually was on the side much of better. the terrorists? That would have been so, so much more interesting. Would you be surprised to learn that Suhi Bukhara is not Arabic? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would not be better. Would you be surprised to learn that it is kind of close to something that is Arabic, but doesn't mean what he thinks it means? <laughs> I would not be surprised okay. at all. So what I think has happened here, <laughs> and I'm not sure, because I Google searched Suhi, Suhi Bukhara, and it's only in this book. Like, it's <laughs> literally all the Google results are about this book. To be fair, so, it is spelled in Arabic numeral, or not in Arabic numeral, it's spelled in, alf- in the the, uh, Amer- the English alphabet. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it's not Arabic. So what has happened here is, you know the Hadith? Uh-huh. 
Okay. There is a book of Hadith called the Sahih al-Bukhari, which mm-hmm. is connected by, collected by a, a, a scholar named Muhammad ibn Ismail al-Bukhari, right? Uh-huh. So that's what's happening. Yes, I am aware of from. all of this. All, that, I am a great scholar of this area. So the Hadith are basically sayings of the Prophet. Right? I know so, that part, yeah. Okay, okay. So what has happened is he is... Th- that book of Hadith okay. is where this phrase is taken from <laughs> but that is not what it means the me the, so the the what it, what he actually says in the correct hadith <laughs> is which it, it is war is deception but it's al-harb khudet which is nothing like <laughs> sahib bukhari <laughs> so what has happened he's he's misremembered the name of the book that he's quoting from uh-huh. and just got nowhere near the actual quote what i love about this so much is how bad you have to be at googling to put this mistake down on a page it's not even oh dear if you it's couldn't so even find it no i just love that so much it's so i mean it took me about five minutes to get to the actual arabic quote but it yeah it's not great so anyway i love it when people fuck up languages in a really demonstrable way yep. because i get to do my research i know things. it makes and we'll get another it one in the next really chapter happy. i know yep. it's gonna be great yep. 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 so i have to read for you what happens after this <clears throat> it says quote the grounded gangster seemed stunned then a big smile crossed his face shit what is this a test man he had been developed. Uh, he had a developing expression of realization on his face as he said, "I know you guys go to big lengths to test us, but you just killed one of your best supporters to prove our loyalty." Yeah, I guess I can trust you. You held tight. It seemed like John had tricked him in a big way with just two Arab words. Not notably, not Arab words. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm gonna keep going back. Or sorry, Arabic words. Yeah, that, that was that what I was gonna point out right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, this guy, uh, Stephen and the author, uh, pronounce it Arab. You know, that's how they do it. That's true. Uh, But yes, John has tricked this guy who is, here's my guess. This is reference to to the beginning, the uh, they all look alike man. What I think is going on here is that we have all the quote unquote jihadists who are Middle Eastern or some sort of Middle Eastern descent, uh, because that's the only people who can be terrorists in, in these authors' eyes. Um, they're masquerading as being from Mexico or Central or guess, South America. Yeah. <laughs> and sure. all the white people just can't tell anyone apart. Yep. They just think, ah, yeah, brown. They're all Mexicans down here, right? Mm-hmm. That's yep. what I imagine is happening here. But John has realized these are actually, oh my God, this is insane, Benedict. This is fucking insane. It is insane. Oh, and from this guy, because John has tricked him, he tells John that the, the plan has changed, right? So uh, about two hours ago, they sent some of their other guys, and the change in plan came down from Phoenix, because we know Phoenix is the uh, control center for everything. That's where everything happens. Uh, of course, in all, all the United States, Phoenix is the uh, only uh, city that matters in this country. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's what leads us into the next chapter, Benedict, learning about that, which is titled Tracing Weapons. And once again, I have an alternate chapter title for you. Okay. Uh, I've already seen this episode of The O'Reilly Factor. <laughs> <laughs> because we get an O'Reilly monologue in the middle of this chapter. And it begins, the night was moist. Wait, no, that's not it. <laughs> the night was quiet. Yeah. I just really, like, I just kept uh, reading it's that in It's the fucking Billy desert. Voice. 
Of course the night was quiet. It's the yeah. desert. Yeah. And they go to a buddy of theirs, a private investigator, whose name is Arlo Gerber. No, it wasn't. I don't care. <laughs> like, no, but that was, that's never been anybody's name. Okay. Like, I love, you know, uh, uh, how this author apparently is just picking products. Because yep. he has one of those security cameras by Arlo. And then he saw Canna, He saw a commercial for Gerber baby food. Like, Arlo Gerber. Got it. That's, That's a name. It. Nailed it. That's it how people name. are named. That's exactly, yeah, exactly how it works. <laughs> so they go to this guy because they want this private investigator to run the guns for them. Mm-hmm. Which is not how anything works, Benedict. That's correct. That is not how anything... Because they don't want to take it to the DHS or the ATF, right? Because those, uh, those are federal agencies. They're in on the whole plot. They have plants inside, blah, blah, blah. Lots of bubbas everywhere we know, mm-hmm. right? Bubbas all over bubba's the shop. Bubbas all the way down. And so he can't take it with them. So he takes them to a private investigator um, who, it should be noted, would not have access to any of the gun purchase or sale also, records. Also, I'm sorry. This is Arizona. There is no way these went into any kind of records. Oh, absolutely not. There's absolutely no way. Like, not. oh, well, these are, these are ghost guns, John. Sorry, I don't yeah. know what to tell you. <laughs> Okay, they do have a 50 caliber machine gun, which is federally regulated and yeah. would have to be registered and sure. sold only through uh, certain authorized persons. But they find themselves. the handguns, which seems yeah. unlikely to me. Yeah, they look it up, and what they find is that three of the handguns and two of the rifles were sold out of a shop in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> to a man named Jimmy B. Gay. Jimmy B. Don't you no, know? Jim, it sounds so. What's your name? Jimmy. Second name. Yes, uh, I B. Am Gay. Jimmy B. Gay from Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> if I could just do that in uh, the Laszlo voice, that'd be perfect. Yeah. But yes, the private investigator who would not have access to any of these records is able to look up that these guns were purchased by Jimmy, which is, as we know, Tooth's brother. Oh, I forgot that. Oh, did you forget about that? I forgot that. How'd you forget yeah, about yeah, Tooth? Yeah, I don't we know. spent so much time with Tooth. So in this much book. time with Tooth. I forgot. I forgot that Begay was his second name. Yep. And they uh, they realize. I'm not sure who it was who realized, but I think it was Arlo that uh, he says, "quote Shit, this guy lives here on the res. This could be a problem for us." And if you're wondering why it could be a problem, um, you know, not because of things like there were people bringing these guns into the country and they they shot at John and his friends. No, it's because, quote, <clears throat> the cartels are probably using our people to do bad things for them. And most of these bad things are directed at the white man. Not a good development for us. To which, you know, bad things happening to the white man are generally a good thing for Native Americans. <laughs> like, well, you know, just in general, just in general. But that's, yeah, it's super weird. None of this part makes sense. Because as we know, this guy would not be able to look up any of these records. But they decide to leave these guns, or they take them. No, they, they take the guns, but they let him get all the information from them. Because he's going to try and track down some of the others as they go off and do other stuff. And mm-hmm. by other stuff, we mean John and Alicia having an off-camera sex scene. Which I really kind of had hoped we would get, like, a written horrible sex scene in this book. Yeah. <laughs> but before we're not there yet. We might. I mean, I'm kind of hoping we do. I'm kind of, I kind of want that level of cringe. It would be really nice. But then, Benedict, we get to what I I mentioned at the beginning, which is the Bill O'Reilly opening monologue Mm. in this book. And I I apologize, but I'm just going to show you how much of these two pages I have highlighted. Oh, wow, that's a lot, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to go through this. So, it begins. And this is John talking to Alicia. 
My feeling is that the government of Mexico is totally. You can't do that voice for two pages. I'm not going to be able to talk by the end, but I'm going to do it. I'm sticking to the character, Benedict. Okay. The the government of Mexico is totally in league with the biggest and richest cartel, the Sinaloa's. Think of it this way: the cartels have more money than the Mexican government. Already talked about that last time. Yeah, not true. Some of those high up in the government are probably being propped up by the Mexican mafia, who feed them money. True, corruption happens. That that absolutely exists. Yeah. And they also get their poorest of the poor out of the country and into this one. Makes sense. So you believe they are working hand-in-hand, solving one another's problems, getting their problems out of Mexico and into America? Smart. Mm-hmm. Really smart. The dark-haired beauty said softly, he cannot ever deal with Alicia without talking about her looks. No. Because that's what it comes down to. Women are their looks. That's what it comes down to with this author. Boy. John went on, that's nowhere near the end of my theory. Oh, there's more? What they're doing is preventing a revolution. A revolution? You should be doing her voice, really, if we're going to do this. (laughs) You should be doing Alicia. Okay, all right, sure, 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 okay. Start with a a revolution, John, come on. A revolution, John, come on. No, just think about it this way. They're exporting the people who could foment revolution. The poor, the unskilled, the uneducated, which makes for the unhappy. With the cartel money, they could pay off those in the in this government who could cause them problems. How do you think so many people are flooding into this country? Are you telling anyone else about this? Not yet. Why? This is the kind of stuff that can get you killed. There's still more to it. <laughs> but you wait, think that's more. bad? <laughs> What's the deal with cartels? And now it gets just crazier from here. <laughs> and I'm just going to read. You don't need to do the other part okay, of the right, The cartel, my sense leads me to believe, is being paid off by Islamic jihadists to help them get back and forth across the border and into position here in the country, all over the country. You think that the Arabs coming here are coming through the cartel highways? You really think that, John? Are we talking poor Arab families, or are we talking something else? I wish it was just poor Arabs and stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. This is such fucking hackneyed writing. It's so bad. Also, I mean, the next bit, I know you're about to read it, but he says, you know as well as I do that we've been finding copies of the Quran strewn in many different parts of the desert between here and the border for the past year. Why would that happen? Why would that happen? Oh, Oh, that was a Fox News talking point. That That was legitimately... I know exactly where that comes from. Okay. Korans in the desert was a Fox News talking point in the Obama it's years. against the Islamic religion for a Quran to touch the ground. Mm-hmm. So, like... Do you think they know any... No, I Look, don't. let's also be fair. Like, they're, like, it's probably bad to do bad things to a Bible. It still that's happens. True, yeah. Like, that shit happens. But yeah, like, but probably not amongst the faithful. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, sure. it's, the, those would be the people that would sure. be most careful. The hardcore not to, like, jihadists who are yeah, exactly. streaming across like, the board. Let me just thousands. strew my Quran in the <laughs> desert. Just... Oh, can't be seen walking around with this. I'll just, here, I got an old sock I'll leave it in. Yeah. Yeah. But no, this is legitimately a Fox News talking point from the Obama years that Border Patrol were finding Qurans in the desert, and this is just proof of how there are terrorists flooding over our southern border and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this guy, the, the real writer of the book, Tom Morrissey, uh, we know that he has major Fox News brain and also QAnon brain. We know he's a QAnon huh. guy. We've seen all that. So not surprising to me at all that he would include that in this, this whole thing here because he thinks all this is real. He definitely thinks all this For is sure. real. We know that. But it continues. <clears throat> What better indicator that Arabs are now coming across in larger numbers, only not for the same reason the Mexicans are. My feeling is that they're part of a large jihad with big money, 
money they are throwing around in Mexico and now right here in Phoenix and in East L.A. They're recruiting for their jihad soldiers in Syria, Iraq, Pakistan, and Libya, and many other Islamic states. And <laughs> he couldn't think of any more. Yeah, and, uh, and etc. Uh, et <laughs> I love that. He yep. couldn't come up with Indonesia? Like, come on, nope. man. Uh, Malaysia? Nothing? You there's can't put a, any mean, other ones yeah, out there? Any all... other majority Muslim countries? And dropping them into the U.S. under the protective wing of our government. And Alicia, of course, asks, you know, how high this goes. And John, to the White House. And then he continues. If you run this along a clear path of logic, all you got to do is connect the dots. Over the past seven years, we have had a big increase in mosques in almost every state. Parts of Michigan are now under Sharia law. Mm. Sharia law here in the United States, babe. Yep, babe. baby. He ends that sentence with babe. Sharia law, baby. <laughs> we, our people, are a sovereign nation, like all our tribes around this country, and we have our courts. But we are still subjugated to the high law of the U.S. Right. Right, she's responsible. Sure, yep. How come those who only recently arrived here have been given the freedom to have their own court system not subject to the U.S. government? Here's the answer, and it's not rocket science. Who's been running this country for the past seven or eight years? Who has raised Muslim? Who apologizes for America to its enemies? I know. Who bows to Muslim kings? (laughs) Who has a history that no one can know? Yeah. (laughs) Such a random, like, word salad. They, okay, again, this book came out in 20-fucking-17. Yep. They they have nothing other than screaming that Obama's a Muslim. That's yep. all they've ever had, and this That's bullshit. Correct. It's insane. And here's the thing. I don't know if it's in this chapter and I missed it or if it's in the next chapter, but did you catch the thing where it starts with B? Did you catch that, or is that just something? Uh, that yeah, no, I saw that. It's later. Okay, it's okay. Later. So we'll get to that in a minute. But yes, so we get there, the entire Fox News O'Reilly rant with all of the bullshit conspiracies that many of us are familiar with over the past yep. decade or so. And um, I guess that makes up for us not having the uh, uh, separate uh, narrator for a chapter or whatever it is that you were mm-hmm. talking about earlier, where we step away and follow different characters who are doing their own wacky stuff. Because uh, we do get a nice little bit of uh, insane rambling there, which yep, I always love appreciate. that. Yep. I always appreciate it. But then we end off this chapter with some really weird dialogue <laughs> between yep. Sean and Alicia, which I just have to highlight, which goes, quote, John tried to calm her fears by taking her mind off what was troubling her as he sat with his hand on her left thigh, high enough up her leg to get a bit of a shiver out of her. You know how every time you touch a woman, they shiver. <laughs> Shivers, yeah, Cause, yeah. Because all they can think about is is that dick. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel like that's the implication from that yeah, line, isn't it? It sure is, yeah. It is. It continues. She patted his hand and said lightly, The dog in you always maintains, doesn't it, my love? That, that makes dog. no sense. That dog, you got that dog. What does that mean? The Nothing. dog in you always maintains? Always horny, that's it. That's is that it? Is that just a phrasing I've never heard before? Maybe. And he responds with, you want me to sit up and bark? Sure. 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 And that, Benedict, brings us to chapter 20, titled The Drive. And mm-hmm. I do not have an altered chapter title for this one. Okay. But it begins with John... 
putting on his pajama pants. Yep, you know, you gotta get them pajama pants Look, on. Pajamas are such a funny word. You can't put it in anything you intend to keep serious. Yeah. You can't say pajamas and then go talk about a gunfight with the cartel. It just doesn't work that no. way. No. Uh, but John, you know, it's because it's after the morning. We had our off-camera sex scene. They're waking up, and, and John's going to get the coffee because the man's got to have his coffee. And he also knows how Alicia likes her coffee because coffee, 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 he really wishes he was writing a Jack Reacher book. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nothing really important happens here except for Sunday calls and says, once again, somebody's trying to kill you. Which is information he, I think he basically already had based off the fact that somebody tried to kill him. Yeah, he definitely already knew that. Yeah, I think he might have known. It might have given him a little bit of a clue. But Sunday, who's the one who called him, he says, John Goad, listen to me. You can't let this toothpaste out of the tube yet. Okay. Okay. Well, that's it's that a, goes on. Because... That's with pajamas, right there. You can't use that and try to be serious. You can't well, say pajamas and then don't let the toothpaste out of the tube and expect I, I me to take get you it seriously. Because and here's why: you can't put toothpaste back in a tube, really, very easily. Can once if you... you try hard enough. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah, but that's how they started off, and then they are making plans to once again kidnap inmates from the Maricopa County Jail. Yep. And here's the thing. I thought that at the beginning of this book, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not wrong because I went back and checked, he claimed that they had a place that was the ultimate safe spot where these guys wouldn't be yeah, hurt. And it, and it was the Maricopa, the Maricopa County, County Jail. County Jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now they need to get all these people out of the Maricopa County Jail because they're in desperate danger. Yeah, they're, in, they're in not a good spot. Huh. Maybe your boy Arpaio isn't doing all that great of a no. job after all. Huh? You think? Maybe that's the case. So he gets a phone call from Jill in forensics. You remember Jill in forensics? I don't. Nobody does. Nobody remembers Jill. But she's the woman he gave the tooth to. And what information is she calling to give him? The tooth belonged to a woman, and she has tribal blood somewhere in her family. Sure. That's that important information we have to get. You know how you mm-hmm. get that from a tooth. Yep. You can, to be fair, you can get DNA from a tooth. Can the Maricopa County Forensics Department get Match that to that you against the records, in a number yeah. of days and to be able to tell you that she has tribal blood but not tell you anything else about her? Yeah. I I don't think that's exactly how any of that works. And I do Neither know I. a little bit about DNA, just as a lawyer. So they decide to go pick up. They're calling them the Carteleros, which is a mm-hmm. nice turn of phrase, uh, from the Maricopa County Jail. They all show up, they get them, and they, they just take off with them. And, uh-huh. the, I mean, it's even described as, John hit the gas pedal and sent the vehicle into a racing speed. What? Sure. <laughs> what is a racing speed? Like, there's different speeds for races, John. Mm-hmm. Formula One goes a little bit faster than NASCAR. Which yep. racing speed are we talking about here? You went fast. Say you went fast. Uh, and Wilson shows up after they've already picked up their uh, cartileros. Uh, and he's pissed off. He's yelling at people. Oh, and I don't know if we got it yet, or maybe not. But I think one of the things we're learning is that uh, Wilson might not be for real. Mm. He might not be an actual federal agent, we find out. And yeah, Sunday Sunday tells him that. Okay. Or yeah. or he's like, he's he's a super spook, basically. It's like, he's not even in the system. Like, yeah. he's such a, yeah, yeah. That Sunday, the security guard at a casino, <laughs> actual secret... Did we ever find out what his actual job was, or did he just like? Uh, he's intimated? he's with the DEA. No, he's he was like whatever. No, you think I I'm thought that was fake though. I thought that no, so his but original I think he was like way DEA. deeper with the DEA than than we knew even. 
Okay, I had no idea, because honestly, I don't think it was that clearly spelled out. But it anyways, wasn't. as we know, Sunday, he has all the information, because, you know, they just let guys who work at casinos access all of that. Uh, and so he's got all this, this or lack of information on Wilson, as a matter of fact. So, yeah, he's on the phone, he's talking, and now he's, uh, who's he, oh, this is Wilson, John Goo, blah, blah, blah. Sunday, back on the phone with yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it's been Sunday. Or is he in person with Sunday? I have no fucking clue. This book is, bleh. Don't even try and add. We've already talked about our time travel problems. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's enough to try and figure out with this. He's on the phone with Sunday. He's on the phone. He's talking to Sunday. And Sunday tells him, right, can't figure out anything about this guy. But you guys are in trouble because the big honchos back east, they want to get at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, he refuses to even speak in clear terms. He won't just say what he means, and he's trying to talk He's been doing that him. the whole fucking time. It's very Yeah, weird. just say what the fuck you mean, yeah, man. Yeah, I know. Like, there's, here's, here's the fucking thing. Quote, that makes some sense out of that highway ambush. These guys look like they don't play, and now it appears that they're looking to do something to you. How do you spell deep state? And John responds, first word begins with a B. And, <coughs> okay, a, a, my guess is that he's trying to say B, Barack Obama. I thought that, too. That's my, it could, yeah. it could also be a number of other things, right? It could be, um, uh, Benai Brith. Uh, <laughs> they're queuing so, on people come on they got yeah. anti- they got anti-semitic uh, uh elements going through it it could be uh blockbuster video right yep, deep state the, you know the blockbuster yep. video still exists we just don't know about it because they're the real deep state um i don't think we're gonna get any clarification on that but yes he finds out basically there's a hit on him blah 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 and then he gets another call from armando who is very angry and says quote what the hell did you do now goad what Exclamation point. The exclamation point. Fuck! Exclamation point. Yep. I wanted it to be the clapping emoji. That would have been so much what better. What the fuck? <laughs> that would have been so much better. Look. If it was a text, that would have been great. You're not wrong. And then he accuses uh, John Goat of hitting the firewater. He says that to yep, John. That's, that's rude what and John's racist. trying to tell yep. him that. John actually refuses to tell him what exactly is going on. So. Yeah, being pissed, uh, understandable. Maybe going to the racist uh, firewater reference, uh, not not, not yeah, so much. Not great. Maybe don't yeah. do that, Armando. But he he um, is just kidnapping prisoners. He like, is quite kidnapping a lot. prisoners, <laughs> refusing to tell his boss why, and refusing to bring them back to the jail where they belong. So yeah, I can understand a little bit of anger going on there. Um, but uh, Armando tells them that they have to be back at the Maricopa County Jail by dawn tomorrow. Dawn. So. I presume they're going to torture them all night. Presumably, probably. yeah. That seems like yeah, they throw more. Sn- we don't get to that point yet, but I think they're probably going to be some more snake throwing. Maybe playing little horseshoes with snakes. We'll find out this time. That'd be nice. But so they're talking to their cartoleros, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, says, you know, you guys. Uh, he, he, she's trying to trick them with that same thing he did the last time, where he pretended he says, that Allah, he was Allah Akbar. Yeah, he says Allah Akbar. A L L A H Akbar. Uh, it's normally ex- Allahu Akbar. Yes. There's normally a connective U there as but you connect the But when white people hear it and try and put it down in words without actually doing any research about the yeah. phrase, that's what you end up with. Allahu Akbar. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what you end up with. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's absolutely what happened here, right? Yeah. Well, this yeah. is. I mean, those are the two words. It's just in spoken speech. You you get. I mean, it's just it. It's a function of how the Arabic works and two vowel sounds connecting, right. which is is all it is. Like, it's not incorrect. It's just. 
incorrect. It's like, incorrect. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's hard to put into words how it's incorrect because you it's and not I have incorrect. Like a, it's just wrong. Yeah. Like the yeah exactly. So he's he's trying to convince this guy basically that John is in on the whole terrorist plot. And the That's, guy is being super racist back to him. He is. He keeps yeah. doing the Geronimo thing, calling yeah. him Geronimo. Yeah. Uh, it's like that's like what the fifth character who's done that to John in yep. this book. Yeah. I, I'm starting to think like that's the only ins. Okay, we got the firewater and we got the Geronimo thing. Yeah, and those are like, a reference to a Washington football team that is yes, a slur. So I'm not going to say out loud, but and that is put into the mouth of Sunday, who yep. is also Native American. <laughs> yep. And there's a line in there. What is it? it's about political correctness, right? Yeah. It's like a sarcastic comment about how the reason that Sunday said he was in D.C. home of that football team is as a slap back against the political correctness or some bullshit. It's like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> it's, it's such a convoluted way to be like, I'm a racist. How many grievances can you fit into oh, a no. single chapter? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. But so they're, they're trying to, and I'm, here's the thing. They're not even really trying to convince this guy that they're on their, that he's on their side. It's just sort of like, uh, he said those two words that we know don't mean what he thought they meant. And yeah. the guy was convinced and now he's just sort of doing a bad interrogation again. It's also weird to me that if he knew these words and was like pretty confident about them, mm. why didn't you just say these words instead of the weird Sahih Bukhari thing? Right. Like, why not just do Allah Akbar? Like, <laughs> right. It's very strange. Like you, there are other words that people know that you could have used. And so that brings us to the end of uh, chapter 20, Benedict, where I will, as I do, read uh, basically the final, I don't know, page-ish of this, because there wasn't really a good starting point or anywhere in here. So I'm just going to start off here and give you a selection of how it feels. And it goes, quote, Okay, so let's say we do do a deal, only saying at this point, what exactly does that get me? And this is our our prisoner talking. Mm -hmm. Depends on how honest your answers are. I got something good. Some of it is what I know for sure, and some of it is what I think is going on. Which do you want to hear first? The prisoner was cocky. John leaned into him. The name of the Phoenix boss. Frankie Headcase, he blurted with a laugh. Great. He's been dead for three weeks, John said, without losing a beat, immediately recognizing the sarcasm. Wow. What, what is going sarcasm on detector. here? Yeah, I don't know. He don't exist, and he never did. Like I said, you're going to spend a lot of time behind bars. I'll make sure of that, John said quietly, never breaking his stare. Look, let's knock off the shit. Either you're not what you say you are, or maybe you got turned in Iraq or Afghanistan, the prisoner suggested. I never had to be turned. I was already there. How about you? I love that so much. The only thing that brings up to my mind is the uh, Between Two Ferns of... uh, Who was it who did that? Uh, uh, Ant-Man. What's his name? Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd doing the, uh, no, I'm not a practicing Jew. I perfected it. Like, that's... That's That's what comes up in my mind when I read that. Oh, it's so good. I don't know what you're talking about. Turn? What does that mean? To Turn what? To shit? The gangster pontificated. Amazing. Pontificated. Pontificated. Great choice of that. What do I call you? Alicia suddenly joined in the conversation. Oh, thanks, Alicia. Thanks for coming. Alicia has entered the chat. (laughs) Why do you want to know that? You want me to call you someday, Chica? You could make me give up something, and I would make you glad you worked me. He winked at her. 
Yeah, I'd like that, she said sarcastically. Let's start that process with you telling me your name so I'll know it's you when you grace me with your call. I'm Gato. Most people call me Gato. I like it when I'm called Gato. <laughs> okay. You got anything to drink, Chica? That just just so everybody knows, that means cat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can see how somebody would like that nickname. I can sure. see how somebody would like being. I, Fine. Th- th- yo, if it look originally, you were probably given that nickname because you were people cool were like cat. calling you a pussy. People were calling you is. Oh shit! Did we just meet pussy? Maybe. This Remember. Is pussy. Remember yeah. the guy who got the nickname Pussy and then they yeah, changed it? maybe. It could be him. Oh, that'd be great if we just met him and he changed it. He tried he to have a rebrand. He likes it when he's called Gato, yeah. He okay, had a rebrand okay, to okay, Gato. Right, right, I could see that. <laughs> uh, continuing, Alicia says, Sure, beer or whiskey? Both, okay? One pleased my taste and the other my thirst. John looked at him. That's a very profound line. Yeah, I love it when I'm a writer and I call my own lines profound. That's that's how I know I've done good writing. That's a very profound line. I've got <laughs> wow, how did it. you come up with that? That's amazing. <laughs> you are a literary genius. Alicia left the room and returned with a bottle of water. She placed it before Gatto. Let us proceed. John sat quietly waiting. His eyes pierced through the prisoner. And that's the end of the chapter. That's it? That, that is, is it. I call oh, that is such a bad way to end a chapter. Your voice, so your voice. Written. I will say, went a little Tucker Carlson then. You know, and you said, uh, and that's the that end whole, of the chapter. I, <laughs> I think doing that whole two pages wore out my. Uh... <laughs> that's it. They want you to believe that John Goad would just stop at the end of the chapter. <laughs> does that make sense? I don't think it does. I went a little Seinfeld. Uh, they want to tell you that. You know, <laughs> Who's they, Tucker? Who's anyway, they? what's the next chapter called? The next chapter, Benedict, uh, which, yes, I, I did not mention earlier, is titled Deep State Jihadist Army Revealed. Wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just, oh, God. As Dude. we get closer to the end of this book, I get a little bit sad. It is sad. Because it's so much fun. It is really fun. This I think maybe so people ridiculous. are getting, people might be bored of us just having giggle breakdowns, but... <laughs> I will keep doing it forever. It's so hard not to. It's just so yeah. fucking ridiculous. Anyways, Benedict, that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $1 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of our episodes, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Jacob Johnson, Danny Rosari, a wee-woo thing, New Buildings Are a Globalist Conspiracy, Carrie Conrison, Bobo D. Bear, Chili, Madeline and Zachary Wilson-Fetro, Stephen DeBoe, Tori and the Gallant, Amy Kaiser, Sean Sullivan, Lauren S., Insert Random Scat Sounds, Billy Beat, Bop, 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 Bow, William Patterson, Flack Weasel, Kieran Dackler. Join us next week where our guest will be Larry Sinclair Obama's secret gay lover! <laughs> psychic! You are psychic! Very good. Henry Lewis King Jr., Sarah Wolf, Aaron Burke, Megan A. Dooley, Gloria Scott, Clifton Stuckey, Paws, A Restless Native, A Baby, Wah, Veronica Forker, Melissa C., George Saulnier, Stefan, Jordan, check out Wimbledon with Paul Bettany and Kirsten Dunst, sorry Kevin, Utah Outcast, Dave Barwick, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Mockingbird Nation, Bacaw, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Flick Easy Blast Me. Jay Reynolds, Stephen, and Cindy. Then the list is getting so long, it takes me a little while to get through. Taro Cannon and Balls Waterson. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. And that's it for this week's show. Till next time. Skinny Beep Bow. Bye.
The Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.